Hello and welcome to the 4 Comic Junkies Podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges, and this podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Go to batman-on-film.com to get all the coolest Batman podcasts and uh, toy reviews and comic book reviews and other stuff, I guess. I don't know. Whatever you want. It's up to you. Uh, I hope everyone's having a great day. Uh, I'm recording this intro on St. Patty's Day. I had a half day at work, which didn't really mean anything because, you know, I'm a dad. So, <laughs> you know, but I, but I love my kid. It was fun. We, ha- we have a lot of fun together. She's, uh, she's fun. She's funny, too. Kids are great. Um, anyway, we're not here to talk about kids. We're here to talk about the Batman. Folks, it's finally here. We did it. We got here, man. We effing got here. And it was effing amazing. Like, I'm so excited to share this with you now. Uh, We were going to do this. uh, Corey and I, you know, wanted to do this episode before, but some stuff got out of hand. Even today, or even when we recorded, I should say, this (laughs) some stuff got out of hand. Uh, we almost canceled, but luckily we were able to pull through. Um, and we had so much fun talking about this, and going to see the movie was so much fun. Uh, you know what? Let's just let's just get right into it. You know, um, you can find me at Four Comic Junkies Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Email me Four Comic Junkies at Gmail dot com. Uh, you know this this is this is really an exciting time, I think, for for DC fans, especially Batman fans. Um, let's uh, let's dig right in. Here we go with. The Batman and Vengeance. Oh. I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> yes. Anyway, uh, regretfully, Corey is back <laughs> from the show. <laughs> Good lord, man. Um, well, anyway, this is exciting because we saw The Batman. Oh, yeah. And it was effing great. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, I gotta say though, um, it's uh, it's it's sort of a surreal experience because, uh, you know, as are you gonna do like your introduction stuff and all that? I, I'll do that later. Oh, I'm sorry. All right, go, <laughs> go ahead. You might want to edit that out. Uh, yeah, cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Cut. All cut. Right. Cut. It. <laughs> that too. Uh, <laughs> um, sorry, everybody. <laughs> when uh, you know, I was rewatching uh, some of the older Batman movies, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, it's interesting. There's a long gap where we don't see Batman. Yeah, in yeah. in just about every one of them, mm-hmm. uh, with maybe the exception of like the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Batman for a good chunk of it in there. Um, but yeah, it's like oh, like and then in this film, it's like wow, we don't see Bruce Wayne hardly at all. Yeah, and you know, honestly, I think we talked about this a little bit. That kind of frustrated me at first, the portrayal of Bruce Wayne. But it was about halfway through the movie when I finally, when it clicked, when mm-hmm. I got it is that I think the message they were trying to send, which I think the movie did a great job sending the message without being too preachy, like especially in the final act, it became very clear. Mm-hmm. I think the message they were trying to send was that he was being consumed by his desire for vengeance and anger to the point where there really was no Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah. You know, he was just this bitter person who pushed everybody away, including the father figure in his life. 
And for me, the big climactic moment was at the very end when he was fighting those Riddler goons and they unmasked the one and Gordon, somebody said, who are you? And he goes, I'm vengeance. Yeah, yeah. And he realized, hey, I'm no better than these guys. Right. These guys are consumed by their rage at society and what society's done to them, so am I. And then there was that great scene where he jumped down into the water and led the people out using the flare, right? Yeah. He was the light in the darkness. Yeah. And I don't know, I, I thought that was just so brilliantly done. Yeah. And it really, it, it made me realize why they did Bruce Wayne the way they did. And I think in the next one, I think we're going to see a Bruce Wayne who's more active in the community yeah. and who's more active running Wayne Enterprises and who isn't a jerk to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so at least that's my theory. Um, it was so funny, like uh, a good, you know, when you say he's a jerk to everybody, when he gives Selena those, you know, you know, recording. Yeah, contact that was boxes. cool, by the way. Uh, really yeah, like yeah. Um, he's like, she's like, you don't even really care if anything happens to me, do you? And he goes, hey, look at me. Look at me look good. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like um I and I was like I knew it was coming too. Yeah. It's yeah. like I knew he wasn't gonna say, Of course I care or something like that. Yeah. It's like Their banter I thought was pretty well done in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um like uh when she's in the club and uh like it, it's actually kind of a funny scene because she's talking to like both the DA and Batman mm-hmm. and uh at one point he's like, Oh I'm just I'm really scared about what's, <coughs> what's going on, and, and I forget exactly what Batman said. Like, you know, keep them talking, and she's like, "No shit." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. One uh, one critique I have about the movie before we get into all the things we loved about it. Um, well, it's interesting. I don't know if you recall this, but I think we were maybe a half hour in on the film, and I turned to you and I said, "What do you think of this?" And you were kind of like, "Eh," like you kind of weren't sold in the beginning. It, I was wondering what that was. It took it. I think it just took me a minute to sort of, because the part of it that annoyed me, and I, I saw it a second time, so I think it, it okay. I got over it. Is that right at the beginning? You know, there's the um, there's the montage of all the people like looking up at the bat signal and getting mm-hmm, scared, mm-hmm. and everybody I've talked to since has been like, "That was so great." You know, we've yeah, I loved it. But that's the thing that happens in the beginning of the dark night <laughs> it's a similar yeah thing. but the way they were they kept looking at the shadows almost like yeah, a boogeyman gonna pop out at you i thought that was so freaking cool that's that's what sold me the second time when i yeah. kind of realized oh okay like this this is elevating that yeah. scene because mm-hmm. at first i was like well this is kind of the same thing mm-hmm. um but you know like we joked with uh, with jesse about like when he walks up to those guys and it's just his boots are super loud mm-hmm. and and there's a there's a theory that with like horror, I think, and it's people's taste, I guess. But it's like, what's scarier, the thing you can't see or the thing you know is coming at you? Mm-hmm. Um, like Jesse and I had a whole talk about it. Uh, like at Silence of the Lambs, mm-hmm. when he, she goes down into the, you know, yeah, uh, uh, prison like the room. basement of the prison, yeah. yeah. And she sees all these like terrifying people, and then the last one she sees is this like normal, charming-looking man. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. um, so that aspect of it. I ended up really enjoying. That's it. cool. That's cool. Um, but yeah, the the one critique I kind of had, and I was just sort of like, it's like I'm not a prude by any means, but mm-hmm. I was like, there's a lot of swearing in this movie. <laughs> it's funny. I didn't even really notice. Yeah, it's like I felt like they said they did drop an f bomb, which I guess you're allowed to get one f bomb now per PG thirteen movie. Which I think, I, I don't know. It, it kind of threw me for a loop there, and I was like, I feel like I, I don't feel like 
Joker, like the movie Joker, mm-hmm. and and the Batman are in the same universe or anything. Mm-mm. But I did feel that there was a similar aesthetic with like the, the way Gotham City looked in the beginning. I was like, I like you know like their Times Square looking place looks kind of mm-hmm. cool, mm-hmm. but also it just looks dirty. I don't want to go there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know. Well, it definitely the movie took a lot of artistic um, inspiration from the movie Seven. Yep. You know, uh, it was raining the entire time, mm-hmm. just about. The city was just a piece of garbage, yep. right? I mean, it was just filthy and gross. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, when you watch Seven, you're like, wow, I would never want to live wherever they are because yep. it's disgusting and nasty and, and awful. Yep. Um, so, and, too, also not showing the face of the, the lead villain until the final act, too. Yeah. It was definitely a nod towards Seven, too, when you – when you finally see Kevin Spacey walk into the police department covered in blood. <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Right, this time yeah. you finally see Riddler's face when he's turned to the side while he's getting arrested at the diner. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you. Like, it, it got, this was definitely the trashiest, nastiest Gotham we've seen. Yeah. Maybe a little bit on par with the Joker, too, because of that garbage strike and there was filth everywhere. Right, right. But, yeah, I'm with you. It's like, wow, this city sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, it's, and it's interesting because I, I think it, you know, I remember Matt Reeves describing it as – an America, it, it looks like an American city because they, I think they filmed mostly in like Scotland or England. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has to look like an American city that you recognize but have never seen before. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they pulled that off because mm-hmm. I was very much like, yeah, this does, it does feel a little New Yorky, it yep. does feel a little Chicago, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. And and you know, and like you said, with Seven, the, the difference with Seven is that it's assumed it's in New York, but mm-hmm. I don't think they ever. Seen no, I don't think they ever did either. Um, but yeah, it's just so. But it's so interesting, you know. Right at the beginning, just getting the atmosphere of the movie, you know, the, the you know, the Riddler watching the mayor, and mm-hmm. you know, and then you know, breaking into his house, and then Bruce kind of wandering the city, which I loved that Matt Reeves was very, you know, more so than even the Nolan movies or the other movies, was so specific about different, um, like comic book ideas he would mm-hmm. pull from like mm-hmm. Bruce walking through the crowd was so uh, like Batman year one mm-hmm. you know and I remember and, uh, and I and that stuff I was like digging right away I was mm-hmm. like okay like yeah I'm this is awesome yeah <laughs> there were a lot of really cool nods to comic lore in it yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I posted on Facebook about some of these and you know of course the the city being demolished at the end could and granted it was an earthquake it was a flood but it could be a nod to zero year or a nod to no man's land right um, Batman using what appeared to be venom at the very end after he was shot close yeah. range in the, t- in the chest with a shotgun. Yeah. You know, which I don't care how much armor you have, that would hurt. Um, <laughs> could be a nod to venom, which in the comics, as you know, you know, originally he used and was addicted to. Right. I thought it was um, before Bane was addicted Yeah, it was before Bane. Yeah. I think that was the, the comic arc where he punched a shark or fought a shark or something, didn't he? In the I, venom story arc? It's been a long time since I read yeah. that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I have this weird memory of him fighting a shark. Um, <laughs> I think that happened in the Black Mirror, too, of Dick Grayson Batman. I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you know, there was the not subtle mention of the word hush. And yep. then something I didn't catch the first time was that the name of the reporter who's killed his last name was Elliot. Yep, yeah. So, I mean, there c- they could. there's a lot of different directions they could go with this sequel. And then, of course, with the big cameo at the end, too. Yeah. You know, um, having Joker and Riddler potentially team up together in Gotham mm-hmm. would be pretty pretty freaking cool it, i i totally agree um i think what y- you know what what made the movie so special was just that it you know for as like you know grounded gritty real as they they're trying to make these more recent batman movies 
at the same time, I still feel like I'm I'm a part of a comic book, mm-hmm. and especially watching so many scenes of uh, Jim and uh, and Batman together. Yeah, was so cool. I was like, I was like, yo, we got a little bit of that in the first Dark Knight movie, or, or not the first Dark, but the Dark Knight movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's so. I just I I just loved it, you yeah. know. Especially when, you know, they figure out the first cipher. <clears throat> And he's like, oh, he's like, oh, it's encrypted. And he, Batman just holds up the thumb and is like, try this. Did um, you said you saw it a second time? I yeah. was thinking one scene that kind of bothered me, and maybe you noticed something different was when he was in the police headquarters and and decked Gordon. Mm-hmm. Like, did that really have a point? <clears throat> like, I know he was trying to escape or whatever, but I don't know. What do you, what do you I, think? Because at that point, <clears throat> yeah, Batman had accused the the other police chief of being corrupt just like That's the right. commissioner was. Okay. So th- he was like and he had punched another cop. Mm-hmm. So he's so at that point they were just like you're like you're done. Like mm-hmm. we're going to get you. And Gordon's like just give me a minute and I'll calm him down. And then he's like I'm not going to be able to like, yeah. change their mind. You got to get out of here. Okay. Okay. Yeah, cuz I was thinking about that afterwards and I'm like that seemed that scene seemed really bizarre why he couldn't just But I guess if if he didn't attack Gordon then the other cops would have called Gordon a traitor. So Right. So right. now, in this next movie, will Batman be pitted against the police, or will his acts of kindness at the end of the Batman like uh, endear him once again to the police force? Well, not endear, but like where they tolerate him. I, I, I would hope so. You know, because it's we've done the Batman versus the police thing ad nauseum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, and not even like that. He has to. Do you remember uh, Identity Crisis? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, love that book. There was it's such a good scene when. Uh, uh, after, you know, Drake and uh, Captain Boomerang are killed, um, and like Boomerang's son tries to go to the crime scene, and the guy stops him. He's like, "Hey, you know, like you can't come back here." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Well, what's he doing back there?" And like Batman's walking around, and, and the guy's like, "Look, man, I don't know what you're talking about, but you got to get out of here." <laughs> it's like I would That's love. Funny. To, I would almost love to see something like that. Yeah, where, yeah, where they kind of look the other way a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Instead of staring at him while he slowly walks in the room and calling him a freak and a weirdo and well, stuff. That was, I think that was uh, something I really enjoyed was uh, when he's walking around the room and he's just so like, he's almost like the Terminator. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, this is like, is this awkward? Or I thought it was a little awkward too. But like he was very robotic, but then when he would fight, he would be so quick and. Well, I think, but that shows the detective side because when he took the contacts out, it's like he was kind of trying to map the environment or whatever mm-hmm. you want to mm-hmm. call it. So I was like, "Oh, I get what he was doing. So mm-hmm. that's cool." Um, but uh, but yeah, it I, I love the detective stuff in it. Like mm-hmm. it's like on the one hand, it's like okay, well, we already know who the villain of the movie is. It's a Riddler, you know. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be you know Eddie Nashman, I guess mm-hmm. in this case. Um, but um, I love the idea of you know let's let's but we have to figure out his plan. And mm-hmm. when he when they arrest him, they're like, "Okay, we got him." But his plan was to kill uh, Carmine. Mm-hmm. And then it's like. You know, when Batman goes to Arkham to see him, it's like, oh, no, there's something else happening. Yeah, and it came down to the first murder weapon, too, which was completely like – it's funny, this little random thing that he used this painter scraper dealy do. The the Tucker. Yeah, the Tucker. Like, he used that to kill him, and Batman didn't – he didn't ever bother to think, why this thing? Because it wasn't taken from the apartment of the mayor. It wasn't anything the mayor would have had. Right. So he never stopped and thought about, like, why did he use this weapon? Which uh, is is one of those things that, like – Maybe like a year, you know, like six or seven Batman would have picked up on that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like year two Batman, yeah. just 
not think much of it. I liked that too. I thought that was cool. Because yeah. um, he answered my, my buddy Trent and I were talking about it, uh, and he's he was like, I hated how Batman answered the riddle so quickly. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Like he like knew the answers like right away. However, he s- still did miss the big first clue. Yeah. So yeah, there was definitely a balance there between like, okay, he's a really good detective, but he's not infallible. Well, I I, I like that he answered the riddles quickly, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and it was just so funny because like when like the DA's tied up in the memorial and Batman shows up and then he he like reads the card before he answers the phone. All I could think was like. Can somebody please answer that fucking phone? <laughs> How is that not annoying the crap out of yeah, everyone right. else going, yeah. let's, let's just answer the damn thing, especially yeah. when the police robot shows up. Yeah. You know, um, but um, I thought that was such a great – I mean, the movie just uh, – for being three hours, it, it really was paced very well. It's funny. Um, going back to that scene in the church, uh, I remember thinking to myself, sitting there thinking to myself, okay, if Riddler was in the balcony – and how the heck did he get the car to to go forward at max speed into the front <laughs> of the church? But then at the end, you realize that the Riddler was not working alone this whole time. Right, he he right. had like some some goons with him and stuff. Um, so then that made sense to me. Yeah. So um, I I think uh, it it was so interesting where um, you know, and we we talked about this before, but I think it, you know, and I don't want to get super duper into it, but one of the reasons that I didn't like. Venom Let There Be Carnage so much is because there's only one fight between Venom and Carnage. Yeah. So it's like you're you're not giving me what I paid for here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But in this film, I felt like it worked having Batman, I mean, literally actually never fight the Riddler. Yeah. Um, just kind of confront him at the end. And I was like, I, that feels so right to their relationship, you know, even from the comic books. Because he was still fighting him. He was yeah. fighting the traps and the riddles that he had left for him. Right, so there right. was still confrontation. There just wasn't physical confrontation. But like you yeah. said, the Riddler was never a physical villain. Batman yeah. would just, when he would get through all his traps and stuff, he'd punch him once and he'd fall down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, I, I really enjoyed the, uh, I mean, it, it's, and I don't like how everybody's comparing this to the Dark Knight movies, uh, even though I've done it a couple times, I guess. You can't help but do it. It's, uh, but that interrogation scene, I mean, from The Dark Knight, one of the best scenes in any movie ever. And this movie, I was like, it's, I don't know if it's tops, but it's up there. Yeah, I'll have to reserve. It's funny. I've been tossing that back and forth in my mind, which one was better. I probably honestly have to give the edge to The Dark Knight because in many ways, I feel like The Dark Knight is the perfect Batman movie, Mm -hmm. like top to bottom perfect. This one had a couple of little flaws, but honestly, things I'm able to overlook. Um, so I probably still give the edge to the Dark Knight, but I agree with you that that scene, it was cool that it mirrored you know, what happened, but mm-hmm. um, I think you needed to have that too. Yeah. If you didn't have a scene like that, then Batman and Riddler would have never really talked. Right. I mean, yeah, they talked on the phone and stuff like that in some of those scenes, but you never really got inside the head of the Riddler until that final act. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he was... He was done pretty well. It, I, I liked that there, there really were a lot of parallels between the two characters. I yes. mean, all the characters, really, even with, like, Catwoman, there were some parallels. Um, and um, I was going to say Penguin, but I guess kind of not really. No, <laughs> not really. Uh, but I, you know, I liked that those main characters, they, they all, I don't know, that none of them felt like, Eh, this movie could have done without this person or that person, you know. I agree. Um, yeah, to balance three villains, well, two villains and a anti-hero, it's yeah. pretty, 
impressive. Yeah. Um, there was something I was going to say, too, about, oh, when you were talking about how similar they were. You know, everybody always says, you know, that, that Joker and, and Batman are the opposite sides of the same coin, you yep. know what I mean, and, and all that. And I thought it was pretty cool to show that same dynamic with the Riddler, too. Yep. One of my favorite, one of my favorite things about Batman comics, idea or concept, sometimes they, they delve into in Batman comics, is that, you know, Batman is very similar to his rogues gallery. Yep. You know, they have, they have all experienced terrible loss, and they... It's how they've dealt with it. Yeah. You know, um, so it was cool to see a movie finally show that like, hey, you know, the Batman's kind of like these other guys, too. Yeah. You know, not just the Joker. Yeah. It, so. It's I mean, it, it, it's totally not far from reality in that sense that, you know, everybody has like it, maybe not a breaking point, you know, because mm-hmm. like, I mean, you and I, you know, our, you know, families weren't murdered in the street, you know, Um I didn't have my my fingers chewed on by rats right. while, while babies died in the other room. Yeah, which yeah. is just oh my god! No yeah, one that was pretty. That was pretty terrifying. Yeah, it's like, do you ever notice that orphanages are never depicted well in films? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> if anybody's going to become an evil dude, it's somebody in an orphanage. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, jeez. <laughs> um, did you see? Um, I mean, you've watched Futurama, right? Yeah, yeah. but like here and there. Um, like. Uh, Leela when she grew up in minimum security orphanarium or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Um, uh, my daughter, Teresa, and I have been reading the uh, the Harry Potter books. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've been getting – we just – we're in book six right now. We're getting ready. We're taking a trip this summer to Disney and Universal. So oh, nice. in order to get ready for all the Harry Potter stuff, we're rereading the books. Mm-hmm. And we just got to number six. We're almost done with it. Um, and it's all the stuff about Tom Riddle and the orphanage. And it made me think of, uh, made me think of the Riddler. I'm like, mm-hmm. man – like one out of five orphanage kids t- kids turns out evil, <laughs> <laughs> which is not true. Of course. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. No, uh, but but I think uh, it's it's kind of an interesting um, like I guess trope in in storytelling in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, having you know the, the villain goes this w- you know goes to the to the left while the hero goes to the right. But um, it's it, for me uh, watching it, I it, it doesn't feel contrived though. No, it so, doesn't. So I'm not sitting there going, "Oh, like, oh, we're doing this again." And you know, as we've discussed, when it comes to how Batman and his characters are depicted in film, I don't mind if they change certain aspects of the characters as long as they get the personality of the character done correctly. Yeah, and I yeah. feel like this one did that with two out of the three characters. We'll get into the third one in a second. Yeah, um, I know what it is. <laughs> yeah, you know what it is. Like, you know, jo- like Joker in the Dark Knight. I didn't mind that his smile was carved on because he still was the Joker personality-wise. Yeah, Bane, yeah. I didn't mind that it was a mask that he used to breathe because his character was still done the same way. Yeah. I didn't mind that the Riddler was a serial killer because he was still very arrogant, very smart. He was still obsessed with riddles. Yeah. He was still even a little goofy every once in a while. Yeah. Like when he looked at the camera and went, goodbye, you know what I mean? That yeah. one scene, I'm like... Well, there was a little bit of uh, 1960s Joker <laughs> or 1960s Riddler yeah, coming out there. Frank Gorshin a little bit on yeah, the yeah. Uh, on there, but the one that I did not like the portrayal of in this film was the Penguin. I was not a fan at all. I, it, it, That's what keeps this movie below the Dark Knight for me was how how they did him. I think you know it's it's one of those things where I the the first time I saw it, I was like, oh cool, and then the second time I saw it, I was like, I don't. I don't know. It's like there's something not 
penguin about him. Exactly. And it, it, it feels like, I'm sure they made him ugly and everything, and uh, but it, it's just, I would have liked if there was, if there were more hints that he was plotting to take over, because it just seemed like he didn't care. He, he was no. fine with being Carmine. He was just a goon. Yeah. And like, I, I was thinking about it. If they would have taken the penguin out and put in a random mob guy. Yeah. It wouldn't have been any different. It, if, if it had been like Maroney instead. Yeah, or even just some random thug. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it. Uh, yeah, I was pretty disappointed with the portrayal. You know, because, and I think we were talking a little bit about this. There was an arc that was done. Um, oh, who was that guy? Tony Daniels did it, and I didn't overall like the arc. Um, it was when Black Mask kind of took over the Penguins Empire. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you remember that arc? That was right when before he was writing. New Fifty Two. It was right before the New Fifty Two. Yeah. I think right after R.I.P. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Penguin, his inner dialogue was pretty cool about how he was, you know, biding his time. I think Paul Dini was actually the one that wrote this stuff because it was the same plot line going on both Detective and Batman, and Daniels was on Batman and Dini was on oh, Detective. Okay, okay. And Penguin was like, okay, I'm going to buy my time, be patient, o- Oswald, don't mess this up, be polite, say what you need to say. But, he, like, you know what I mean? Like, he was plotting the whole time, and I would have liked this movie to be like that. Yeah. Where... He immediately saw the power vacuum, and he did. I mean, you can see him like looking out the window in that final sequence. Yeah. But I feel like he just kind of stumbled into that situation where right. he could take over versus like having that goal or intention the whole time along. Like we could have found out that he was the one gi- giving the Riddler clues or something. Like yeah, that. something. I mean, yeah, just the way, like I said, he was just a goon. Yeah. And that's uh, – but I'm able to be okay with that because I never really cared much for the Penguin in comics. Yeah, it the the only version of the Penguin I ever really loved was the Danny DeVito one because I yeah. thought he was just so unique. Yeah, it was such a different approach to yeah, him. So I agree. So that was that was fun. Um, but I can I I can get into like the mob boss version, and it was a little bit like that in the show Gotham. You know, where you know he was kind of he was that way. He was biding his time until yeah. he showed up, and it was pretty funny too when. Jim and Batman left him tied up with those zip ties at the <laughs> site, and he was waddling. Yeah. I did enjoy that. That, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Wah, come back. Wah. <laughs> 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 it's, uh, it's law, Rana. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, apparently Batman, in, in all of his studies, never took Spanish classes. Come on, I, Batman. That, that, I feel like, is a little bit of an oversight on yeah. Batman's part. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, yeah. But again, you know, this is year one. He's not perfect, but... One of the things that I really you must have taken French in high school. I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I I loved how, um, you know, we were talking a little bit about this before that that there really is no Bruce Wayne. It's just Batman being and Bruce being consumed by the Batman kind mm-hmm, of. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I loved how there were there was the two parallels when he goes to uh, Penguin's club. You know, when he first shows up as Batman, he's like, "You know who I am." And and then he goes back again, and he's like, "You know who I am." And and both times, th- you know, the the one twin closes the door, opens it back up, and say, "See, oh, look at this guy, it's Bruce Wayne." You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. Um, I I thought that was that was so interesting, and uh, and and one thing I caught on my second viewing, um, you know, um, remember the you know right before the funeral scene, uh, Carmine says, you know, Carmine tells the whole story about you know how his Bruce's dad saved his life and everything, you know, right out of Long Halloween, yep. Which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, you know, he says, oh, I'll never forget that face, you know, and he looks at Bruce. Um, when Carmine gets shot and Batman's looking down at him, it, it just, Falcone has this look on his face, like, oh, okay, I know who you You think was. he figured it out? Okay, yeah, interesting. Right, right before he died, 
video. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I got to admit, though, I was nervous when John Turturro was cast because all I could think about was his portrayal in the Transformers movies. <laughs> I'm like, I really hope he's not wackadoodle like he was in those movies. I, uh, I, I think I only saw the first one of those, and I've tried to kill those brain cells with alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't remember any of those films. The, the first – well, I, I will say that – the I mean <coughs> – as expected, the robot fights in them are always amazing, um, but like that's about it. When they yeah. the humans, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, it's don't, don't yeah. need this. Yeah, no, no. I haven't even seen. I saw part. I really like part one. I only saw part three and four one time in the movie theaters, and then I just left so mad, going like, oh, yeah. those trailers look so great, and now this movie was terrible. <laughs> three hours of my life, I'm never getting yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. Um, <coughs> so, uh, what were your thoughts on this version of uh, of the Batmobile? I thought it was cool, you know. Um, it definitely had that air of instru- indestructibility, you know, anyone like the penguin was shooting at the windows. Yeah. Um, sooner or later, bad guys are going to figure out where they need to shoot, though, <laughs> because no one tried to shoot his tires. And then when he was in the bat suit, no one, I mean, he got shot in the chest a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, a couple more inches up and you probably would have killed him. <laughs> so yeah. I don't think, I think. In this movie, he was almost a little reckless, yeah. you know. Um, and then he got his butt handed to him that time when he was doing the uh, the drop out of the building. When oh. he, yeah, when he landed on the bus and like got clocked. Yeah, you yeah. know. I, I think maybe we're going to see hopefully in the sequel a bit more of a, a cautious Batman. Yeah. You know, like like you were joking about him just walking up to the club and just walking in and beating everybody up. You yeah, know. Yeah. Um, so maybe he's going to try to learn his limitations a little bit after this one. I, you know, that's a sign of a good movie is that they get you thinking a lot about where they could go with mm-hmm. a sequel. Yeah. Uh, it, and and also feeling like, you know, even though this is not the origin of Batman, you know, um, it's – but it be, being in those early years, I still I still didn't feel like yeah, – was like what we were talking about before, it's like, yeah, I was badass already. Like I never felt No, that. I never felt that way either, which was cool. There was no flashbacks to his parents getting shot. Yeah. There was no training montage. Right. I think he referenced his training once. Yeah, it was it was Alfred who said he taught him how to fight. Yeah. You know, and and uh, yeah. Alfred was okay. What do you think of Alfred? He, I mean, he only had like two scenes. That that I think it's like the movie works just the way it is. Mm-hmm. But I'm but I need I think we needed more of that because we had the when he's like, you know, you're not my father, Alfred. He's like, oh, I'm well aware of that. And I, I liked that they they had that more anti- antagonistic relationship mm-hmm. because I think that scene when they're in the hospital hits a lot harder because yeah. it's like, hey, I kept pushing everybody away. And, and Bruce even says, he's like, I'm not afraid to die, but what I am afraid of is the fear of losing people I care about. And I and I just like, I, I think I kind of missed it the first time, but the, when I watched it the second time, I was like, that is beautiful. Yeah, and that's exactly who Batman should be. Like, mm-hmm. he's okay with dying because he's set out to do this mission, but he's more afraid of like losing everybody. Yeah, yeah. Again, going back to looking forward, I, I'm really excited to see what they do with their relationship in the yeah. sequel. You know, it's funny. I love Andy Serkis. He's a, an amazing actor. Oh yeah. I'm not 100 percent sold on him being Alfred, but in a sequel where he gets more screen time and he has a more comic-like relationship with Batman, I think I think well, that's where we'll really see him shine. Yeah. It's interesting. I feel like this movie was kind of more of the villain's movie. A little bit. And we're, we're, exp- we're wanting, at least I'm wanting, the second one to be more Batman's movie. Like, there was a lot of setup for Batman, yeah. which was interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what, did you, what did you think of that scene at the end with the Joker? 
You know, I'm really excited about it. I read an interview. I watched a video where Matt Reeves confirmed that the Joker is going to be born with a um, physical um, disformity that yep. makes him smile all the time. Yep. I think that works perfectly with mm-hmm. um, with this universe. Right, right. And I would not be surprised in the second film if we see that Joker is manipulating Riddler to his own ends. Yeah. Because people are saying, like, oh, the Joker and the Riddler, they can't hang out, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I wouldn't be surprised if the Joker betrays him at some point. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Because we know he is the master manipulator. Um, but I also thought it was great, too, that the first one who said, riddle me this, was not the Riddler. It was the Joker. Yeah. You know, I thought that was fantastic. Yep. You know, because you guys, you saw um, Paul Dano get, like, all excited when he said it. Yep. You know what I mean? So I think uh, the Joker is going to play him a little bit, get him to embrace his crazy a little bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's uh, I think it's going to be cool, and I don't really know that actor. And neither do I. But a lot of people have said he's he's good. I, I I've heard that too. Um, Barry Keoghan. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. is how you say his name because I was saying it wrong. Mm-hmm. I was going to say Keegan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, but I think he's Irish, so it makes sense that there's an O E in there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I learned a long time ago to not judge Batman actors, you know, with the Heath Ledger thing. You yeah. know. It, um. It it cracks me up. Like comic book fans are notoriously short-sighted and and i kind of don't get why like even to the point where like <laughs> it was in a facebook group uh that i was in they were showing like covers of the upcoming comics mm-hmm. and uh and it showed like lex Luthor in a bat suit mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> some guy was like oh this is so ridiculous and i was like y- you know guys that th- this isn't like permanent yeah like yeah. that like and you might want to try i don't know reading the story before yeah, you like, before you make a judgment i i, I will say that it, it's it's part of the the crappy you know way that comics are uh advertised these days anyway because we learn about the stories three months in advance mm-hmm. so i guarantee you like something like an announcement of the death of the justice league would hit way harder if we actually got to read it versus yeah. learning about it three yeah. months ahead of time mm-hmm. so i i think that that's that's why it's so mm-hmm. dumb it's why like i I really appreciate movies nowadays that are good at keeping their secrets. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, it was sort of the worst kept secret ever about Andrew and Toby being Spider Man. Yeah, um, yeah. But they tried at least. Yeah, they 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 didn't show him in any of the previews. Yeah, which uh, which you know kind of helped me at, at, in the theater go. Maybe they're not in it. You know. <laughs> you know something I did intentionally. You mentioned previews. Something I did intentionally with Batman um, is I didn't watch. I I avoided the previews as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and the trailers as much as I could. When the Joker, I was so excited about the Joker, the the one with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Um, I like watched every single thing they released, <laughs> and probably all put together, I saw most of the footage of the right, film. Right. Which I still liked the film a lot, yeah, but yeah. Uh, so this one I intentionally avoided it. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was something that I think helped me to enjoy the film a little bit more. Yeah, I I, I listened to a, a podcast with Matt Reeves, and and he was talking about how he got the job and how. Because they, they op- Warner Brothers offered him to direct um, Ben Affleck's script mm-hmm. that he was writing. Uh, and did you hear what Ben Affleck's movie was going to be? No. It was going to be basically, you know, like the end of the Snyder Cut. Uh, you know, Lex tells Deathstroke Batman's real name. Uh, so it was going to be Deathstroke kind of destroying Bruce Wayne's life. Um, <clears throat> which has kind of been done before. Like season two of Arrow kind of did that. Mm-hmm. And there's been other stuff that's done um, that's done it. It probably would have been cool because Ben Affleck's Batman was cool and uh, Joe mm, debatable. <laughs> Joe Manganiello, or however the heck you say his last name, 
um, Lemon Jello. Uh, Joe yeah. Lemon Jello. Joe Lemon Jello. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he looked uh, like I mean he looked like Deathstroke right out of the comic. Yeah, books, he was so. cool looking. Yeah, that that's like my one big bummer if they decide to nix the Snyder verses that we never really got to see him in action. Although I guess he could be used in another film. I, I mean they they were gonna make a Deathstroke movie. Yeah. And I, and I guess one of the original Suicide Squad two scripts had him in it. Um, you know who could do a pretty freaking cool Deathstroke movie would be James Gunn. I read, did you read the Christopher Priest um, solo Deathstroke stuff? No, I didn't. You got to read it. Like, I'll be honest, prior to that, Deathstroke was like, eh, he's kind of cool or whatever. But that comic was so, so well done because it had such a ridiculous family dynamic between him and Jericho and Ravager and uh, his wife, Adeline, and just like, it w- and um, oh, what was the name of the guy? Wintergreen or something like oh, that. Yeah, Billy Wintergreen. Yeah, his his like advisor. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was just so well done, and I could see James Gunn doing kind of an off the wall, ultra violent, um, dysfunctional family show or movie about Deathstroke really well. Yeah, that that'd be fun to see. Maybe even Peacemaker too, or season two. Um, Peacemaker versus Deathstroke. No offense to Peacemaker, but that fight would last like thirty seconds. <laughs> He'd walk in, shoot Peacemaker in the head, credits. <laughs> and the next the next episode would be Deathstroke doing the dance thing <laughs> to an 80s song. On, the, uh, uh, on that tangent for just a second, mm-hmm. I thought one of the uh, most underrated, funniest bits of the season finale of, of, um, of Peacemaker yeah. is that the voice activation could work for anybody. <laughs> I guess I didn't catch a- that. bio like, sounds nothing like peacemaker and yet she could go activate sonic boom and it would go off that's great i guess i never noticed that i just thought like why isn't it tailored to his voice that's funny (laughs) that's funny but uh anyway back to the batman um so so like ducks are sneaky (laughs) that was my that was probably my vigilante was the best yeah he was ducks are sneaky he was hilarious oh my gosh he was so funny super british in real life too really yeah you know, everybody was drawing all those comparisons with him and Deadpool, but honestly, when I watched it, I didn't really think of Deadpool once. No, I, I didn't at all. I didn't, yeah. I didn't even know that. I want to so. thank you for letting me get tortured. <laughs> that was a great thing you did. <laughs> oh my God. We should have a podcast on Peacemaker. That oh. would be a good one. Oh, yes, I would. I'll have to yeah. rewatch it. Um, but, uh, so, you know, way back when. So, Matt Reeves was given Ben Affleck's script, and he was like, okay, well, this is a cool script. But I, this isn't mine. Yeah. I, I don't know what I would do with it. Yeah. Um, I, if I were to do Batman, I'd want to do my own way into it. And then I guess like after Ben Did Affleck, he write it too? Yeah. Matt Reeves? No he, way. I didn't know that. Him okay. and another person uh, co-wrote it, and I'm embarrassed that I forgot their name. Um, it's okay. I didn't even know Matt Reeves wrote it, so you're okay. You're one ahead of me. <laughs> he, uh, yeah. I think what was great was, um, uh, you know, he said, like, I, I – this isn't this isn't mine. I don't know what I would do with it, you know. But you know, I, I wish you luck. And then I guess when Ben Affleck was kind of on the outs, mm-hmm. they went back to him and they said, "Okay, well, what would you do?" And he kind of like told them some ideas. And they're like, "Okay, like he's like, but I I wouldn't want it connected to um, the uh, the rest of the movies you're doing. I'd want to do my own thing." And I guess at whatever point after Justice League bombed, they were like. You know what? It, that's worked for us before. Let's do it yeah. again. Do you think they'll do that? You think they'll keep it separate? I really hope so, because I I don't want. I think the only actor, and even then, I would be a little annoyed about by it, because the only person I would want to cross over would be Joaquin Phoenix, because mm-hmm. um, the rest of the the rest of it, I'm just like, like 
there's cool stuff that you all did um, in those movies, but I think Batman just, in a weird way, kind of like how I think of Spider-Man and the X-Men, the three of those groups, like, they thrive better when they're on their own. Like, um, like it's it was cool to see Spider-Man with the Avengers in mm-hmm. those movies. Like, mm-hmm. been wanting to see that my whole life, you know. It was cool to see, you know, Batman in the Justice League mm-hmm. in the Snyder mm-hmm. Cut and not the other thing because that was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's like, yeah, but, like, Batman is so interesting that he can be alone and still I agree. amazing. I agree. Yeah, he always felt like kind of the out-of-place guy yeah. in the Justice League, even though his brain's and problem-solving skills and detective skills were always, like, one of their greatest strengths. Yeah. You know, you have these other ridiculously overpowered super beings right. and then this guy in a suit. And, and I think that that, that that works in those stories. Like, um, And I don't mind it, and I like it, and I'll read them. But there's something about just Batman on his own. And, like, I can, you know, if you – it's like, hey, what's what would Batman Sinister Six be? And I can, I can name off six people. Mm-hmm. Say, oh, who, who would Wonder Woman Sinister Six be? And be like, uh... Angleman. <laughs> six Angleman. <laughs> it would be Dr. Psycho. Dr. Psycho. Saying the C word six times. <laughs> <laughs> to Giganta. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it, it's like, I, I, I want that. You know, they just announced that they're going to do a Penguin limited series. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, maybe we'll get to see more of the... Uh, yeah, maybe we'll see him kind of develop as a character. Yeah, which I think, you know... They, they made this big deal about Colin Farrell being buried under all the makeup and everything. And I was like, and, and, and it, there were a couple times in the movie where I found it just a little distracting. Um, but at the same time, it's like, but I guess that's the point because we're supposed to be showing off like, like just how like ugly and gruesome this guy is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, that's again, a minor gripe. He had this giant face scar. Did you notice yeah. that? It like started above his lip and went up, I think past his eye, Yeah, you yeah. know? So, yeah, I guess, you know, Penguin, he could be kind of salvaged by this show and maybe yeah. become that calculating guy. Yeah. Again, it's kind of year one for all these guys. Yeah. You know, Bruce will hopefully we'll see a more fleshed out Bruce in the in the sequel. You know, Riddler might <laughs> might embrace the riddle me this kind of zany side due to the yeah. Joker's influence, and Penguin might become more cold and calculating. I I would love to see. I I, I love the subtleness of. Selena's costume. Yeah, me too. I, I thought I was, thought she was great. She was she was fantastic. She uh, had this kind of playful banter, yeah. but was also very endearing. Yeah, yeah. She was she was perfect. Yeah, and I I would love to see her get like a show or or maybe like a movie, a uh, spinoff movie where she becomes she gets more like tech and stuff to mm-hmm. be Catwoman. Um, In the in the comics, the blonde that she had as her roommate, wasn't that Holly Robinson? Yes. And what she became someone, didn't she? Or something happened to her? Wasn't I she one of the, like, something happened to her? I really kind of wonder if they were going to go that direction, but then they just killed off the character. Um, they gave her, like, a Russian name, too. Yeah. So I think it was I think it was a little nod to her. But I can't for the life of me remember. i got to Google it, what I, happened to what, like, Selena's blonde roommate was. I don't remember at all. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I like that you know that we we got to see a different side of Catwoman you know and we've seen you know the you know the thief Catwoman the kind of the Michelle Pfeiffer psycho Catwoman you mm-hmm. know and Anne Hathaway be you know just like the the sneaky thief whereas this Catwoman was just trying to uh, just kind of trying to get by and you know not 
and like keep her head down because you know docking is so is, is so rough. Mm-hmm. And I, I really liked that about uh, about how they portrayed her was that she she's not a she's not a bad guy, but she's mm-hmm. also not like you know she wasn't willing to go help Batman. She was like I'll only help because I want to find Annika. Yeah. Um, as opposed to you know just being like I don't care about anybody or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I thought they had great chemistry between the two of them. Yeah, I actually I think I kind of liked this Catwoman a little bit more than, um, what's her name? I'm blanking on her name right now. Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Thank you. I think I like this one a little bit more. But again, I have to rewatch it. You know, I mean, everybody keeps asking me, "Do you like it better than the Dark Knight? Do you like it better than the Dark?" I've seen the Dark Knight probably like forty times. Right. <laughs> so I need to see this one a few more times to really do some to do some comparisons. But I don't know. I really liked their interactions yep. like how she kept calling him vengeance. she kept calling him vengeance i thought was really cute and endearing and yeah. she said the cat and the bat at one yeah. point which was a reference to the most recent comments comics with tom taylor um tom king or tom king excuse yeah. me uh yeah so i'll have to watch it again but i remember really enjoying her yeah she i, I mean they didn't like hypersexualize her either she was attractive yeah but it wasn't like they didn't go over the top with her too, which I I, I do like. I hate when yeah. Catwoman is like, you know, just over the top sexualized. And especially her her being bisexual too. Mm-hmm. It's like it's she was yeah because like she she kept calling that girl. She's oh baby what you know are you okay and everything. It's like that might be a little bit of a reach though. Well no it's like no Zoe Kravitz like confirmed it. She confirmed it. Yeah. Okay. So I, but I appreciated that it wasn't like like hey. Look over here, like yeah. look at us representing. It's yeah. like no, just have your representation. Huh. That is I didn't even catch it. That, well, yeah, <laughs> um, but I uh, but I like that they they didn't need to, you know, hit us over the head with anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, and I think my the thing I liked most about this movie, if I'm being perfectly honest, this is gonna sound really weird, um, was Pattinson's Batman voice. The fact that it was him doing it. Yeah, it wasn't like. And Ben Affleck, it's uh, it's supposed to be like voice modulated. Mm-hmm. Like I like that it's just him just going being like, oh, not that bad. You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be interesting in in the sequel. You know, if Bruce Wayne is doing a press conference about how Wade Enterprises is going to be donating all this money to the flood relief, you know, yeah. to hear him do like an upbeat, you know, like yeah. will he create the character of Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. a little bit more and make him different? Because yeah. when he was Bruce Wayne in those like three scenes. He's basically Batman without his stuff on. Right. He was still brooding and dark and still had that same voice. But they made reference to how Bruce Wayne is a recluse and never comes out, never does anything. Um, So I don't think people would have necessarily figured out that he was Batman. It's it's that's interesting though because you know he uh, you know but everybody still knew who he was like when he shows up at the club. Yeah. Oh, it's Bruce Wayne. It's It's Bruce Wayne. Yeah. It's like at first I was like that's a little strange and I was like well then again it's like I I know who. I know what Elon Musk looks like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I, I guess, you know, it's just an it, unavoidable part of life anyway. And you know, if you had this billionaire living in your town whose enterprises is, like, probably the biggest. Like, imagine the imagine the president of Erie Insurance if he was, like, this strange acting recluse, you know what I mean, who it's had true. his parents killed in front of him when he was a kid. Yeah. He'd probably be a point of fascination, you know, to the people that live in a town. Right, right. So. Um, and, and I think that that aspect of, by the Batman was so it was so great at the beginning of that interrogation scene mm-hmm. you know when 
because you're just sitting there. And I remember it, it was such a better twist that the Riddler didn't know that yes. he was Batman. Yes. And because some of the trailers kind of hinted at it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, of course he's going to know. And so when that scene started, I was like, oh, this is just like Hodge. Yeah, and I thought that Bruce was going to use the same thing. Like, if you tell everybody, then everyone else will know besides you. Yeah. And, yeah, that was always a, a favorite moment of mine with the Riddler, yeah. where, where Bruce got him to realize that, right. hey, if you tell, you know. Right. And, uh, and they didn't really follow up too much with that in his comics since. It's just sort of a bummer. Um, but it wasn't long after that the Riddler kind of went straight doing the P.I. business. Um, yeah. Which is something I, I kind of miss from the character, to be honest with you. But, um, but you know, like the war of jokes and riddles was cool. So mm-hmm. at least we got that. It and had its moments. And Kite Man. And Kite Man. Exactly. If Kite Man's not in the sequel, I will burn this city to the ground. <laughs> I, mean, Bat- I mean, Batman had that flight suit that just popped there out of his There it is. Kite Man can be the dude who sells him a better flight suit. No, not only that. And then he'd be like, hey, can I join you? Be like kite robin. <laughs> it'll be it'll be just like the Incredibles. He'll be like, go home. I work alone, and then he'll develop better kites. <laughs> Syndrome. <laughs> Syndrome kite man. I couldn't help but you know on the topic of Robin, I couldn't help but think, um, you know, they kept showing the mayor's kid. Yeah. And then him and his mom, you know, crashed in that in that stadium. They just kept showing him, kept showing him. Yeah. <laughs> kept thinking. Well, you know, if the mom bites it in this movie, too, that's, that kid's ripe to be Robin. <laughs> hey, is your mom dead underneath that rubble? All right, I adopt you. Come with me. <laughs> it was always like, uh, there was always the joke. Um, uh, there's, have you seen those memes like with, at the beginning of Batman v Superman when uh, Bruce saves that little girl? And he's like, where's your mom? And, you know, she points up and there's like nothing there. Uh, there's, a, there's a meme that's like, the, uh, it's going to be okay, Robin. She's like, my name's not Robin. He's like, shh. <laughs> <laughs> um man i mean i kind of hope they don't bring in robin to be honest with you i i don't know i maybe not for this one but if you're doing batgirl in the in the other you know universe or whatever give us a freaking nightwing already man like so is the batgirl show is is the same guy who played jim gordon playing jim gordon in the batgirl show yeah it's um uh, so how are they doing that then it's uh, well i guess you don't need batgirl was just inspired by batman right yeah, so I mean, they could really do it without any real ties to the movie. I, well, it's it's supposedly that um, after the Flash, um, the world is reset, and Michael Keaton has always been Batman. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be she's inspired by that Batman, um, as opposed to Ben Affleck's Batman. Interesting. Yeah. So it's going to be like a merging of universes. That's weird. So Ben Affleck's Batman wouldn't have been the first Batman. Right. I don't know if I like that. It, it, it'll it be... I mean, it, it, Although, it, wait a minute, though. If they write away... It, not write away, like write away, like writing. Yeah, yeah. If they write away Ben Affleck's Batman from existence... Like, it'll be that Michael Keaton was always Batman. Yeah. In universe. Yeah. Yeah. So... It's weird. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's all weird. Yeah, <laughs> when they finally do release The Flash in 2098... I'm sure that everything will be sorted out and I'll, made I'll, sense. I'll tell you what, though, that, that really bugs me is that Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Lauren Cohen, who played the Waynes at the beginning of Batman v Superman, they just announced they're doing a spinoff of The Walking Dead with their characters. With those two characters, yeah. And uh, and all I could think was, like, it's the wrong spinoff. I want to see that Flashpoint Batman oh, and man. that Flashpoint Joker and those actors, and you are fucking it up, man. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, did they announce why the movies were delayed again? Um, it's, 
it's partially I think it's partially because of COVID, um, but my I have a friend that put it really really well, he, where he was like, Marvel is always telling these continuous stories. That's why they're pumping out so much content. Mm-hmm. Whereas DC is trying to make more, it's trying to make more event type of films, mm-hmm. so that there's only going to be a couple a year versus like it being nonstop. Yeah, like we get we're getting Moon Knight soon, you know. <laughs> um, because it is kind of interesting they announced the delay right after the Batman made $10 zillion. Not, not only that, but they So I wonder if they're going to rewrite some of those movies and maybe bring Pattinson into the main universe. I, I, I don't know. I hope not, though. Like, yeah. Like I said, I think him with his movies and then they're going to do an Arkham show, which sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's anything like the Grant Morrison Arkham comic. Oh, man. Um, or uh, Dan Slott did uh, Arkham Asylum, uh, like Living Hell. Did you ever read that? I can't remember. It's Maybe really, it's really good. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it. Um, I just got. I, I I just would rather like let's you know like with Marvel and DC, it's like there's pros and cons to both doing the shared universe and the not so shared universe. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like I, I don't know. Like when it comes to Batman, it's like I'm okay with Batman being on his own. You know. Yeah. Um, because those stories can fill up a whole quote unquote universe. I mm-hmm. think. And I'm excited that they're doing it that way, um, and and then to have the separate stuff with Batgirl and uh, the Flash and Aquaman mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and whatever they do with other Wonder Woman movies. Also, the League of Super Pets, which I'm really <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they didn't show that in that DC preview. <laughs> no, they didn't. They just showed the live action stuff. So, but Black Adam is still this year. Yep. And they moved up Shazam two to this year yep, too. They so Black Adam is going to be October. guess like there's some like scuttlebutt about like him being with avatar too and i'm like here's the thing is that like shazam has to do has to do okay has to do well because you know it's i i don't think warner brothers is banking on it being a billion dollar movie mm-hmm. whereas like avatar uh, does anybody care i don't care man as long as it doesn't release the same weekend i think they'll be fine yeah it it amazes me that avatar is still a thing you know because the movie was cool yeah. But it came out, what, 20 years ago? <laughs> like, like, seriously, it, why is it all thir- of a sudden being brought back so much? Thir- 13 years ago. Yeah. yeah. It's like, and it, when I you know, mentioned earlier we're going to Disney this summer, the last time my family and I went to Disney, the big things were the Avatar rides. And they were cool, but yeah. it was like, I haven't watched this movie in a decade, so yeah. I don't know any of these references. Right. You know, I don't know. but I'm the same way. I haven't seen it since. I saw it in the movie theater, and I was like, yeah, it's okay. I mean, they've been talking about these sequels to Avatar forever. Yeah. It's for sure supposed to come out this Christmas. Yes. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> exactly. We'll see. Um, yeah. Um, you know, it, it one, one last thing I want to touch on with this movie that I found really, really amazing is, like, this was the, the first time since the Danny Elfman movies I loved the score. Yes. Like, I, I loved what Hans Zimmer did in the other movies, like his Dark Knight movies, like Junkie XL and, you know, Batman and Snyder Cut. Um so it's like that that was cool but I wasn't like I didn't download the the, the soundtrack mm-hmm, where it's mm-hmm. like this I download the soundtrack That's cool. But let me just tell you it's like kind of so I'm like driving and it's like really dark out. I was going to a friend's house. <laughs> and terrified. It, it, I kind of was because it's the music that's playing mm-hmm. when all the criminals look up at the sky. Mm-hmm. So I was just like I mean not a criminal, but I'm kind of freaked out right now. <laughs> I have found myself humming it quite a bit, and yeah. I thought the use of Nirvana was pretty cool too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, did you know that like that this movie has made that the downloads of that song, yeah. you know, just skyrocket, yep. and the song was uh, something in the way. Yeah, but it's like twenty five years old or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's sort of like you know, like James Gunn, like uh, hooked on a feeling, got really mm-hmm. popular yeah. after Guardians. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Um, oh, that was another one, by the way. Going back to Peacemaker for just a second, I downloaded that Eleventh Street yeah. song yeah. after after watching it. I was like, this is a cool song. <laughs> um, yeah, the score was just so like, uh, it's so haunting and and, yeah. it's, and it's helping tell the story, mm-hmm. which movies just the last movie I felt like had a really great score that helped was Avengers Endgame when mm-hmm. all the Avengers come back, um, like that Avengers theme that's swelling up is just so awesome, mm-hmm. and then you know in in the Michael Keaton Batman's when he shows up and Danny Elfman's theme plays, it's just like oh, that's fucking Batman. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So when they did that here again, I was like. Oh, finally, we get another really great Batman theme. Well, it's funny the the Christopher Nolan, you know, dun 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 dun, dun you know, yeah. like that matched the pacing of those movies. It did, it did. Those movies were, if I had any critique for those movies, it was like boom, 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 boom. Things happen so fast. Yep, yep. This one was more kind of intentionally paced, a bit slower, where you could actually take in things before you were on to the next thing. Right. And the score definitely fit this movie well. Yeah, it, I. Can't say enough good things about it, and even like again, I was listening to it last night, just going, like I, you know, it, it, and a really great score will put you back in the movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, and I feel like I haven't had that so long with a movie. What are you doing tomorrow night? You want to go see it again? Um, I haven't seen it a second time yeah. yet. Uh, let me know. I don't think I have anything. Yeah, let me know, man. Because yeah, yeah. uh, Monday we have uh, we have an in service, but I, I'm not teaching. It's just an in service, so it's a little so bit more laid back. Yeah, so you can just go in and see. Yeah, so I can watch a 17-hour film and <laughs> get home at 1 a.m. and so be I like, all right, here we go, work. So I can go in and just a little hungover and go, oh, I thought of uh, Batman. This is Batman. Let me tell you, I can't The walk. thing about teaching is... And with that. And with Butthead ending the show. Um, this, this was a total blast. Yeah, always, buddy. And, uh, you know, th- I mean, this movie just, like, to say it blew me away would be an understatement. Yeah. Um, I think it's what's so exciting about it. I, I feel kind of the same way I felt after all three of the Nolan Batmans, which is that if we don't get another one, I'm fine. This yeah. was so good, and my imagination can take me anywhere. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like I really want another one. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like all right, if it's not, please don't make us wait another five yeah, years. Yeah. Because I mean, it really there was so much. It was cool because it was fulfilling in its own right, mm-hmm. but it also had a lot of great setup. And that's a hard thing to do. Like, um, you know, my friends and I, we constantly debate about uh, the Star Wars sequels and how they like 7 and 8, and I hate 7 and 8, but I like 9, and they hate 9. It's like 7 and 8 were, was so much set up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I found walking away from both of them not satisfied with the movie at all, but instead hoping that they do this, 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 and this, yeah. and the next one. You know, and this one gave me both, where I was incredibly satisfied with the entry, but also was left wanting more, yep. which is a sign of a really good film. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and seeing the, the references, not not necessarily references, but homages to like Silence of the Lambs, to mm-hmm. uh, Seven, to Zodiac, was so exciting. Yeah, Zodiac, all his yeah. little crypto things. Right, and uh, and then to have, but then to also have it just be wrapped up in this, you know, awesome looking Batman movie. You know, you have this awesome Batmobile chase. Because mm-hmm. I remember the first time they showed the Batmobile, I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. I get it. But 
and then like seeing it in action, I was like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I, I never, I, I wasn't necessarily like disappointed. I was just more like, okay, I, I see where they're going with mm-hmm. this. Um, when he just rammed into Penguin's car yeah. and just sent it flying, I was like, whoa. Some of the, and I love some of the camera angles that the camera was at, like the the rear of Batman, the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. You just saw Penguin's car just tumble around. Yep, yep. Um, I mean, yeah, it, it's just about perfect. Yeah. You know? Um. So thanks again for uh, for being here with me. Always man. a pleasure, man. And I look forward to doing this more often for oh, sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The next one we're gonna do is gonna be about. Uh, uh, I don't know. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk again. Batman Two. <laughs> the bat. No, uh, somebody said, "What what would you name the second one?" And I said, "Vengeance, formerly or the Batman, formerly known as Vengeance." <laughs> Just a symbol. That, that that that's gonna be that's gonna be the next one. There so. you go. All right, folks, thanks for tuning in, and uh, riddle me this. When was the last time you saw the Batman? Because for me, it was on Wednesday. Just a little riddle, riddle. I'm so oh. sorry. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>